G'day everyone, this is X-Band the Phantom Podcast. Our website is chroniclechamber.com and you can subscribe to our podcast via YouTube or through your favourite podcast app. Do not forget to give us a rating on your podcast app and tell a mate about us. This is episode 238, our December 2022 Comics and News Podcast. Do not forget to vote in your best of through 2022 survey. There are prizes galore. All right, hear the music. Hello everyone, Merry Christmas, it's December, um, I'm Steve and I'm joined today by both Jermaine and Dan, we've both got our uh, Christmas hats on, I've got of course the, the purple, you know, from Australia and America, Germ, you've got your green, where's that yeah, Which from? is uh, also Australia, these were given to us uh, from a Patreon um, subscriber to give us the theme uh there was a blue one which was for dan as he's the biggest swedish fan out here and um dan good to see it you wearing be, your blue one it must be just coincidence i genuinely can't find it maybe i genuinely threw it in the bin i don't know <laughs> <laughs> it, it's not around but anyway i've gone with red for el fantasma from brazil and uh Fantum from france as well so uh what the heck <laughs> wasn't he also um from italy wasn't he red in italy yeah. as well it was also read in USA well, for uh, one of the uh, big little books as well. Oh, yeah, so there you go. I'm being, I'm being more international than either of <laughs> you. You're, you're actually quite niche, little uh, old school Australian rusted on focused colour there, Jim. Really? <laughs> yeah, the good old women's mirror. Um, <laughs> need a grey one to keep uh, Glenn Lumsden happy. <laughs> Like we're talking uh, Christmas that time, loving this time of year. <laughs> yep. It is, it is the most wonderful time of the year. Good old Christmas. And um, I said it just before the music started, but as is now tradition with Chronicle Chamber, we do have our best of fru vote or best of fru survey. Uh, stacks of prizes up for offer. Um, so please check out the survey, vote for your favourite stories, and um, you could be in the running to win a fru crew badge. Plus... Um, yeah, Chronicle Chamber merch. Yeah. Um, have you just looked at some of the results? We'll, I guess we'll quickly go through it uh, while we're talking about it. No, I don't want to be no. telling people the results no. are. No, no results. No, 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 no. no, 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 no. How about so just some progress or some interesting ones? No, no progress. No, no. We can discuss, but not for public. Yep. Oh. I wanted to talk about the collector's replica that was uh, up in the top echelon of favourite covers for the year. Yeah, I better move on quickly before James puts put a few more spoilers up there. Okay, so there's two uh, fruit publications that have come out since our last episode. Um, Fruit 1933, which has The Missing Link by Michael Thierry's Thalmang and Anthony Benny. And there's a little bonus story that comes after the the um, letters to the editor, which I didn't realise until I, I'm looking at this and I think, I didn't see that little story. Where, where the hell is that little story? That um, I love that little just... story. Should we talk about a little story first? Well, yes, because just as we're getting ready to, to set up, you guys are still having a chat. I was trying to think. Well, I better read that story before um, before we get going because I missed it and um, I didn't have to read much. It was a, just a fun little story. <laughs> Poor old Garan. He's a, a bit thirsty. Uh, not thirsty. He's a bit hot in the jungle. Riding. I'm, I'm going to assume that's Jumba. Yeah. Swim. And that's just a fun little 
Yeah. Not free- fun for Goran, who's, who's half strangled to death and then gets mouth to mouth by an elephant. But yeah, I, I do it's take fun for us to read. It's fun. <laughs> <laughs> it was the fighting um, the snake that really did for him. <laughs> yeah, no. So these are some of the, I think they're called, um, I think they're Phantom's World or or the World of the Phantom little, uh, there's a series of about eight or ten of these little one, two, three, four page stories that Team Phantom and, uh, released probably three, four years ago. Um, and the, they are all about secondary, third level characters and just having a little bit of a side story with them. Like there's one sure where... telling me, telling us this mm. uh, like a mm. hundred podcasts ago. Yeah, well, um, fr- this is the second one that Fru's released of these short stories. Uh, there's another one where Diana goes aboard a, a ship and then blows it up or something because it's gun smuggling or, you know, or something like that as well. So, uh, there's another one where Heloise goes into a cafe or a restaurant and gets um, with one of her friends and gets, what's the word? Um, yep. Yeah, tries to get picked up and and um, uh, the bloke's a little bit too friendly and so then Heloise smacks him and um, <laughs> punches him out and stuff like that. So they're just, you know, I enjoy them. Um, for something like this where, you know, you can have a page of forum letters, an extra two pages of comics and then you've got, you know, three or four pages of um, of adverts. I, I think it's great. I really enjoyed it. Hmm. It's a nice little addition there. It filled the pages yeah. up that needed to be filled. Yeah. I would have liked to really, see them in colour. Anyway, I was just going to say, what, one of the things I really liked about it, um, and you're right, it would be nice to see it in colour, and we're going to talk about colour, I'm sure, when we go through the Christmas special, but one of the things I really liked about it is it was a complete surprise. I really mm. loved that. There was no yeah. hint of it on the front. There was nothing in the message from the publisher to suggest it was coming. I was halfway through reading the forum letters. Um, I thought because I'd read the first page, flicked over to read what is usually the second page, and boom! It's just, it was just it was a little moment of phantom joy. I'm going to say <laughs> it, it was really cool. So um, that's why we should not have spoilers on things, germs, and tell people um, ahead of time. See it as a surprise. It is also worth noting that the writer Alan Sohn is actually Mikkel Sol. It's kind of like a pen name he came up with for that as well. So yeah. Well, talking about pen names, the author of the of the main story, Michael uh, Cherries, we all know is Close Ramifi. There we are. And then Felmang's not his real name either, so no, no. it's full of um, pen names. But um, look, <laughs> to be associated with the Phantom. <laughs> I don't know about you. <laughs> I don't know about you guys, but I really enjoyed this issue. I enjoyed uh, Dangerous Waters, and then the story. It reminded me of my childhood in the sense that this was created, originally created, what, in 1993? And it's, in my opinion, it's filming at his best, which was in the, which was in the late 80s, early to mid-1990s. And that was his peak. That was when I loved his stories. And I used to, when I used to pick up the comics from the newsagent, I used to get off the bus early and then walk, and then go to the newsagent, and then walk home. And by the time I got home, I walking, you know, while dodging traffic and, and stuff like that, I used to be able to finish the comic, and I just remember so many good memories. Didn't matter if it was raining, you know, or 40-degree days, I would still do it. Um, 
And yeah, I just remember, I have so many good memories of, of seeing Filming's art like that. Um, I really enjoy that type of artwork. He really is well synonymous with that, with that time, I reckon. And, you know, when we're first getting into the Phantom at that, at that, um, you know, the early nineties or mid nineties when I started collecting and, um, it's very unique's probably not the right word, but you can definitely pick up a, a Felmang mm. um as soon as you read, Oh, that's Felmang and and you're right, and that that um period was, was he was really on song and, and same here in this issue. I can't knock the art at all. I think the art is um is awesome. What about you, Dan? Yeah, no, hundred percent. I think it's probably hit a sweet spot for all of us. Um as teenagers in 1993 or or maybe just a bit younger june maybe you were still in nappies i don't know but not if you're walking <laughs> home <from school. laughs> but but for, for there was a real nostalgia value to this comic which mm. you know, to, for me, I mostly only get with um barry's and and moore's and mccoy art um and it was so good to have that nostalgic feel with a story you've never read before like it's never been published yeah. in australia yeah and so to read a brand new story that's in a style that takes you back like what you've described Jim um it's just just really really cool and it was a nice follow-up to the um to 1932 with the missing link story uh so Cy, uh Cy Barry and 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 Lee Falk um same sort of premise having this um you know this missing link uh, between uh humankind and and the apes but but very much its own story mm. Yeah, no, I thought the story was fun as well. Like it, look, it's you know nothing flame dangled and you know amazing. But um, I thought the other advantage was the fact that seeing it was a few extra pages, you kind of had that little bit at the start where you can learn about the characters and and how he's fooled you know people and. And, and stuff like that. So I thought it was nice to be able to have that, you know, two, three, four extra pages where you were able to um, uh, have that focus because it was back when you had more pages. What about you, Dan? Did you like the, the, the longer length? Yeah, I did. I like uh, the, the bit of extra exposition and character um, descriptions. Development. I think that was the word I should have used. Yeah, oh, <laughs> it, it, it just it's um it does it makes for a fuller story. Um, yeah, and I guess because of that nostalgic value and Clay Stromethi, even when he was Michael Tiers, he does um know his Phantom. That's why you know I, I badmouth him sometimes because of the times he deliberately bends some branches in the Phantom Tree, if you like what if if you know what I mean. But um he's early days especially he was really true to form, true to fork, and and pushed the boundaries, but in ways that um expand on on what you already believed about the phantom character and stuff and and he just uses so many tropes in here about the you know the well box seven um you know it, it's just it really is the phantom it couldn't be any other character and um Felmang, as always i love his i love his art mm. yeah, yeah. no nah, and a few more pages of that's never a bad thing exactly with, with me now it could be because i was reading it late at night but I felt it was dragging towards the end. I was like, I actually fell asleep. That's why oh, I was a little bit late coming to the to the podcast. I'd fallen asleep by the end of it. <laughs> you know, you're only allowed to fall asleep during the podcast, not before it, Steve. Yeah, well, 
I was enjoying the story, but then I, I just felt a drag. Now, it could be I was just tired. It's been a long day. But um, maybe I'll read it again tomorrow and and everything will be fine. But, yeah, well, where, you are, where you are now on the, on the, on the screen, I had to reread that page about half a dozen times, I reckon, before I could move mm. on because I, I couldn't get past it. I guess what you're saying is they found the treasure twice on page 25 and then... Well, you know, like they found treasure twice. And so, you know, did they really need to find the treasure twice? It's a full, the Phantom Underground fighting the snake is one, one and a half, um, you know, two, three, it's three and a half, four pages of him being in there. If it was a, a 22 page story, that might've been one page or two pages. So I can see where you're coming from. And did I, did I skip through the part about the um the the tribes that worship the monkeys? They come and attack. We hear we hear about them, but then that's all we see. We don't see anything else about them. <laughs> no, so no, there's not really the tribes. Yeah, don't yeah. really come and. So you you've got some editing point notes, and you could probably truncate it by four or five pages, Steve. Yeah, and like why <laughs> so is he? After... He's just there in the in the. Um, museum. Just what is he talking to himself? The story. Just use it. We do it. Nah, it's like he's remembering it. Flashbacks. Yeah, find out about Mr. Walker. <laughs> yeah. Um. It reminds me of the old um. Tim Phantomans used to do it quite a lot. Where um. Uh. Where like uh no Rex and Tom would do something, and then that would be the gateway of yeah. Well, then I can understand. Tell. But this no. is just a, a variation. They could find that. That, that missing link skull in, in the in the treasure room, and then it could start the story off that way. Why does he have to be running through the rain and through the um, museum and then go... Well, he goes the to the museum to go undercover. Yeah. I, th I thought it was, to be honest, I actually thought it was better having a variation than the normal of... You know, Rex and Tom. Oh, look, goody! Let's go through the the, the major. Actually, until major I until I fell asleep, I agreed with you. It was just because I fell asleep towards the end. I think. I thought Why it was this nice thing so though? bloody long. <laughs> Part of the microwave generation can't handle a good old uh, story. Anything else you want to talk about? Uh, oh, the cover. I meant I forgot to mention the cover. Um, filming. Yeah, that looks like a filming. Yeah, it's filming. Now, has That's anyone else? got two staples in their comic because the comic I have actually only has the one staple down the bottom oh, and then true. the staple at the top has not does not exist it hasn't even been, yeah it hasn't even been punched I wonder if I should show that to um to Trevor and whether that will um make it worthwhile <laughs> make it worth more to Trevor uh Trevor Clark I was gonna ask you reckon this is a, a vintage 93 filming drawing no. as well or has he done a new one I reckon it's a, a a new one, and I say that because if you look at if you look at the way he does the Phantom in the last probably five years, and you look at all the covers. If so, if you go onto Phantom Wiki and look at all his covers in the last five years, it looks like he's using markers with the way he paints the purples, and so yeah. I reckon this is a. Um, I reckon this is a new cover. I can't see a year on it. Um, I was actually talking. 
if there's if there's a year on it, it'll be underneath the um the new first time in English from filming because that's where the signature is. Yeah. Um, I was actually talking to a fan about filming. Uh, was it yesterday or the day before? I've you know all the days kind of merged together. Now he had some criticism for filming, which I um my jaw dropped in the ground, and the time I picked it up, I told him that it's sacrilege, and you know, not sure I never want to speak to him ever again. But he made mention that the Phantom's face is always the same, and he never uses expression in his face. When he's fighting the snake, he opens his mouth a little bit, but he's actually he's got a point in that filming has the Phantom's face kind of static. It reminds me a bit of Wilson McCoy. So I just thought that was interesting to kind of raise up. Everyone's kind of flicking through to see if they also can pick it up. Yeah, you're largely right. Top right Mm. corner of page 17, his mouth's open a little bit, but you you are very much... um, It is... And you see the amount of expression in all the other characters' faces, but Mm. yeah, um, the family is very neutral. Well, if you look at case. someone like um, Cy Barry in his heyday with the smiling fan, and uh, Jeff Weigel does a, a lot of facial expressions with his phantom as well, with the extra lines and around the cheeks and, and the mouth and all that. But yeah, I just thought it was interesting to kind of point that out. Yeah, there is a there is a few when you really go through and look panel by panel. Um, it's probably about twenty percent. He's got that little mouth open, teeth bared. Um, but the rest of it is largely very static, like you say. But as Steve's pointed out, he's, um, it's not like he can't draw expressions. Every other character is, is oh. wrapped with them. So it's a deliberate decision, and it probably is part of, you know, the fandom is stoic. He is static. He, you know, his face, he, nothing gets to him. He's always, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if that's in Felming's head as he's, as he's oh. doing that. Oh. Yeah, no, I just thought yeah. it was worth, uh, it, was a, it was a good point that he raised. Um, like I said, I was very offended when he said he didn't like filming. Uh, <laughs> is it that he doesn't like? Was it that he didn't like filming, or just didn't like his way? Did, did his uh, I think he doesn't like filming because of that? And yeah, oh. um, filming is one of my. He was one of the favourite fans that I grew up on, so I've all, I've got a soft spot for filming. In, in defence of filming, as as I just said, I was sort of flicking through panel by panel. There are really subtle variations. It's it's true. He's largely <laughs> blank face, but there are a lot of subtle variations. I mm. Yeah, very very good point. But um, yeah, uh, we'll move on. <laughs> Okie dokie. So the next fandom issue or fruit issue, I should say, actually hasn't come to my um, comic shop yet. Hasn't come over to WA as well. We've had some uh, mail shortages and uh, with all the floods and had some more railway. No, with the floods over that's happening over over your side, it's caused all delays before the mail still comes by most of the time via rail. Yeah, by monkey mail. (laughs) Um, So, yeah, so I haven't got it yet, but I've got the story, so we will go through the stories. Um, You've got it there, Dan. Do you want to? Oh, there we go. Yeah, I, I feel very special that I've actually got mine. It arrived yesterday. Um, via Monkey Mail. Thank you very much um, for subscriptions. Um, Uh, Is there anything else, anything besides the stories that you want to quickly mention, Dan? And I've got you as well, so you can kind of show it, show the cover while you're talking. It really is literally a message from the publisher, start of the first story, end of the 
Where are we? Last page, one through ad, uh, two through ads. It's it is cover to cover story. Um, and I guess the thing that I miss from this, which I picked up on when I was reading a few other Christmas specials recently, is that a lot of them did have splash pages for the start of um, the next yeah. story, and it would have been nice to see those. Um, understand why. You know, it's 100 pages and chockers, so I can understand why they've decided to put their ads in rather than a couple of splash pages. It's fair enough. Um, but, yeah, that's – other than that, look, the the actual quality of the book, um, I should have – What's the paper like and the colour? Yeah, no, it's it's really good. Like, the the dark scenes, the night scenes, you know, probably well, a bit – They look like they've come up all right. Yeah, they, they it's, it's a lot better than we've seen at other times. There's another – Another mm-hmm. sequence from the day strip that's all set in night. Um, if you're on YouTube, you can see as I'm flicking through these, is showing the guys for the first time. But um, there's there's no printing issues or anything like that. I would, certainly wouldn't call it muddy. Look at the that's the title of the first yeah. page. The shades yeah. in the sunset have come out really well, I think. So, yeah. Um, so yeah. regarding what you were talking about with the extra pages, the splash pages, would would you pay an extra? 50 cents, I'm assuming that's what an extra eight pages will be for, you know, because I think I've seen 108 pages before because I think they go up in, I think they go up in eights or something Mm. like that. So would you, would you pay an extra 50 cents for eight pages, which has got a title page and then maybe another short story like we saw with Dangerous Waters or, or even a There was that, was it a Dean Rankin? It was certainly in one yeah. of the Christmas recently. There was a short Dean Rankin, um, yeah. similar, you know, about animals. Um, yeah, look, if you could, but I guess at the end of the day, the other thing you need to be aware of is it is the, the sticker price is $13. Now, for for the purposes of the New Year's podcast, which will, which will come up soon, I've been reading the 2013 Christmas special today. And it was $6.50, exactly half the price, only nine years ago. So it has gone up quickly. Um, and at $13, yeah, look, of course, I would pay an extra 50 cents. But um, I'm in a position where I've got a full-time job and um, pretty stable and all the rest of it. I, you know, there'd be people who are starting to get priced out at $13, let alone anything more. So hmm. You also got to remember... I think in the last two years, I know over in WA, the inflation has gone up by 8%. Oh, of course. Christmas special back then, nine years ago, that wasn't in colour as well. So, No, and it it was about half the weight. The quality Mm. of the paper is Mm. is significant when you get out to to this. And um, I should have grabbed it. But anyway, you'll see if you you watch the the YouTube version of our next podcast, you'll see me do a a thickness comparison. And this one's also twice as thick, but also still just 100 pages. So it really is, um, it's a significant difference in in quality of book. I've really noticed a difference in the last couple of issues. Like I read 1932 as well as 1933 today. And yeah, the, the the thickness of the paper is very nice. noticeable. I, I thought I was t- turning two pages at once. I really had to double check yeah. that. It's beautiful. That. I love it. Mm. In 1934, we've got Vigil at Phantom Head by Tony DePaul and Jeff Weigel. So that's, of course, a Sunday story. And then we have two dailies. We've got The Reunion by Tony DePaul and Mike Manley. And then came Towns Ellaby by Tony DePaul and Mike Manley. And for those who have, have not necessarily read the comic yet, but um, might ba- vaguely remember reading the Sunday strip as it came through, it's the the detective who's stuck in the water cage uh, is how it starts. 
Yeah, so look, this is the story here. Look, I really enjoyed this story. I love uh, the grandma um, and the little dog, Bunny. Uh, what, I, what I loved most about this story was how it tied in Jonka, Emperor Jonka, and it enabled some... And this is one of the things that I like about what Tony DePaul is doing is as you go on, which I'll actually flick through it now and then I'll go back. Um, yeah, so here we go where it's talking about in both stories, in a lot of the stories, I think it's like about in eight of the previous times this is mentioned, it's both been a tiger and a lion that the fight, that the phantom rescued from Jonka. And so... During this adventure, Tony DePaul is able to put to bed that contradiction. And for anything, anyone like me who likes to iron out all these little wrinkles and stuff like that, it, it, it it's it's really good in that sense. But I really liked I liked I liked the, uh, Yusuf the um the detective. I thought he's he's a really good character. I'd like to see more of him. But I just um I just thought the whole story it was really enjoyable and. Tony's, what I also like is that he's being able to create and develop secondary characters that are enjoyable to follow, and I hope we see this detective again. Well, knowing Tony, there's um, every chance that we will see him again. I was just going to say, here's an example of the fandom with extra facial lines and and expressions and all that, which we were talking about, that you wanted me to go back a page, this one. Yeah, just as when we see the seventh phantom sitting at the chronicle desk, Jeff Weigel's mm. gone to, to type at the moment with his um, uh, depiction of the seventh phantom's costume. It's obviously it's a phantom costume, but it's saggy around the neck, whereas um, that's not how it would have been portrayed for you know probably eighty five years of the phantom's history. Yeah, um, he's, like he's definitely making it his. So Jeff has introduced this in the stories, which never been seen before and then he's also introduced these uh title panels here which i've got enlarged which is a new one for each sunday story is that's two huge changes that i reckon no one else would have even even had the guts to do so yeah well it's it's a, always a challenge going uh stepping uh, taking steps away from what um you know the holy trinity of uh phantom artists did before him so mm. um I, I can get behind the, the, the total square. I'm not fully behind the change of cost. Not convinced? No, I'm with you, Stephen. I'm not I'm not there yet. Well, that one was quite subtle. <laughs> yeah, what's a, anything else about the story? Yeah, just the just the, the panel in the bottom right there. Um you can actually see if you zoom in um after Cy. The Jeff, Yeah, the Jeff has written after Sai. And what I think he's done really beautifully for me here is copy size style. This is not if you saw that yeah. that's that's Cy Barry's drawing, um, but Jeff has has done it. It's after Cy. He hasn't traced it. And the next page, the 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 next, it's on the same page in the book, but the next page here um, has three more of those images, um, all taken from that original Cy Barry story, all swipes, if you like, but he's called them after Cy. Mm. Um, I just think that's a really clever way of using, of, of telling the Chronicle's tale um, by actually bringing those of us who have read it before 
into back into that nostalgic world, which we all love about the fandom, I think, yeah. um, but also uh, introduces new readers to older art and, and even, you know, distinguishes the two um, the two stories from each other so the, mm. with the artistic style being so different. Yeah, uh, just going back to this one here, for those who don't know, but whenever Jeff, um, again, if you're on YouTube, you're about to see this, uh, puts a little asterisk next to his name, that means that this one is actually a an original, they're, they're, whether he's still he got it or not, but yeah, he's drawn um, originally with, with, with ink. So that would actually be a good one to buy. Yeah. Because mm. it's, it's yeah, it's got Phantom in every single panel. Plus, it's got the Cybari, um, you know, yeah. with it as well. So, one no, that one. one's no, that one's not original. Interesting. Going back to after so I think I've, I've seen that technique done um, a few times. I think I've even seen it done in the day. I could be completely wrong, but I'm sure I've seen it before, where an artist, when a, in a callback scene, a flashback scene, will. Um, draw it in the in the style of you know Sai or whoever was yeah um, and, and even you know even if it wasn't Shane Foley's done things. it in um mm. his what do you call it in his Scorpius stories yeah I think it's a great um, technique and really helps to set the set the um the different eras if you like or, or really set the flashback yeah you can have it's your wavy lines but it really you know yes. draws the reader back to to another time. Mm. And yeah. it's a homage as well. Like it's yeah. a, yeah. you know, it's and and I was having this discussion with someone yesterday, today, this morning, sometime in the last couple of days, um, about like artists not being credited back then, but now it's like you know Jeff's used four panels, and in every single panel he's got after side after side. There's a rule. There's a real, um, respect. Uh, yeah, respect with with past artists and and, and stuff like that now, and I, th I think it's really good. Something I'm interested about, um, Dan, like especially with, you were talking about the night scenes in the book before, and we've just had a few night scenes there. How do th these scenes that we're um, seeing now with germs put up? How do they match up with the book? So we're, um, yeah, pretty. This good. one here is uh, quite graphic. So what? Um, where are we? Yeah, are no, those vibrant great. in the book as they are? No, I, I think they are. I really think they are. It, the the print. Uh, yep, I think um, you know the the Girk Lawman defends himself panel, which is on page twenty eight in the book, um, the the first of October twenty twenty one. If you're looking through it, other means, but um, that the the shading of the red, <laughs> the red and the uh, the blue to black, it's all it's all just as good in the book as it is on the page i reckon and then there's a couple of pages i like this one here as well the police i guess the the person what's the commissioner that's what who she is says hang on is there a second man there's a you know there's some of the men have got a strange mark and she goes oh look it's happened let's just leave the report as it is you know so I, I kind of like that as well and the other thing that i liked about this story is i really like this this in the background but um one of the things i really like about the story is the element and this is one of the laws that we've touched upon in the phantom bible but the 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 law of the phantom is not known by everyone that he stays in the shadows we're not sure if he's real or not real 
and you know like that that whole element is kept alive in this story there's such a there's such a context to the story of the commissioner though isn't it because she mm. must you get the, well you, she must you get the feel from the these eight panels or whatever it is that she gets these reports all the time of a mysterious second man and a photo of a skull mark or reports of and and she knows she's seen it well enough now to go well I'll, we don't need to ask any more about that it is what it is let's move on <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah no one's going to tell me <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> I, I wonder I wonder if um I don't know maybe this is a story that someone can explore or something like that but I wonder how you know I'm not a lawyer or anything like that but I wonder if a good criminal defense lawyer could argue a person out of their charge because of and, let's um, just keep it to a nice fun story <laughs> mate let's not get but no, I just I just wonder story. if like um you know if 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 a lawyer could argue that, and maybe that's, you know, maybe that could be a, a story or something. Sure he, the, he tends to make sure there's plenty of evidence around where they're found. Mm. So, any lawyers think... who have just haven't, or criminal lawyers who just happen to be listening and can answer Dan, uh, Jerm's <laughs> question there, please get in contact with us, uh, chroniclechamber at gmail.com. Um, you can hit us up on the socials, but I'm sure that would get far too many other people. Um, <laughs> putting their two cents in all right next story we've got the reunion when i first read it i didn't enjoy it as much but i was reading it tonight and i actually really enjoyed this story can you give us a mm. quick synopsis jim because i so read it in two years. so for those who yeah who haven't came read it late. yet don't have yeah for came in late um the phantom gets a mysterious letter from kenya nairobi um, from a lady called Ashrama uh, Raya. Um, they kind of figure out that it's an anagram for Emira Sahara, who, of course, is the nomad's wife and um, the mother of Heloise's friend, Cardia. So basically, they, they get back in touch. They connect Cardia with um uh with 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 his with her mum and it's yeah and it's 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 just really interesting um i liked to hear about how like the phantom gets his gun back you know he says because in the last time they met she stole his guns um which is probably a little bit embarrassing for him for the phantom but um yeah it's it's a good tie up it, it, there's a lot more character development with cardia when I first read it, I thought, oh, I'm not quite sure how Cardia's reacted, how she reacts to seeing her mum. But rereading it tonight, I actually really liked it. And I think I like Cardia more as a person after rereading it tonight because she's turned, she's really turned away from, from, from her, her father's and family's legacy. Um, yeah. And, that's this panel here is quite clever. Um, you got the big one, and then you got the small one, which is on the 29th of August. Um, anything you want to add, Dan? Yeah, it's an it's an interesting one because the reunion is obviously, as you've said, um, Cardia and her mum, um, and you. It's a really interesting relationship between um, Indra and the Phantom because of the way that 
she was rescued and all the rest of it. Um, she's not sure whether to be in debt to him or not or what the deal is, and there's a lot of questions around who sent him to help me, um, who are the walkers, all that sort of stuff. Mm. Um, towards at the end, and um, it's, it's only, it is only a, a much shorter story. It, I'm not sure how many weeks it would have gone to, but it's a, it's a little filler story really in the context of this book. Um, and, and then obviously, well, not obviously, but towards the end there, um, it turns out that Indra is probably keen to go and keep living the the lifestyle she had before, basically living off the blood money of, of, of a terrorist. Um, and, and as Jim said, um, Cardi wants nothing to do with it and disowns her mum, basically, at the, to, to yeah. conclude it. Um, and, and what was probably really not shocking but it's a it's a really interesting development in the the last two pages of the story or from i guess the 17th of october sort of middle of october um towards the end is the way that diana starts to actually push for kit jr to come home and meet cardia because she thinks that they could be a really good match um for each other so that's this a, is what you're talking really, about here yeah yeah um so it's not a it's not a massive action story any of the action that's there is sort of um post uh, just just a flashback uh panel here and there it's or a, even it's when cardia cardia shows more more action than phantom by when she, when she throws the uh bottle at her mum's car yeah exactly so it's a it's a it's a soap opera type um type story um mm. keeps the keeps the continuity going without um having a, a massive adventure um spoil the ability to get through some narrative i suppose yeah it it really again we've talked about it before where tony develops the character so we get more development i think in diana there, there's a few times where she kind of throws a barb at the phantom like oh are you still have you quit mansplaining or because you were doing that you can now cook dinner and so there's a bit of that where she's showing her mother, her mother's instinct, which, you know, we're married to mothers who would, you know, we all know where, how that happens. And then you've got a lot of development in Cardia. I reckon the mum, I reckon she's going to take over the mantle of the nomad. Um, and then it's, and then I think Cardia will marry Kit. And then that will be, or, you know, they'll get together and then that will test her allegiances more. And then there's and then there's going to have to be the time when Cardia learns the truth about the Phantom and the Walker family. So well, Diana would say in the last panel of this, she foretells that. Yeah. Uh, the very last panel of the story, her, the, her last lines, she's destined to spend her life with us, Kit, to know our secrets. Yeah. And so, I love this where he's just like, oh, just let me sleep, and he just falls asleep on her. <laughs> I think Mike Manley's done really well with the lighting here because clearly mm -hmm. we can see her face. She's looking the exact same way as uh, the Phantom, but somehow his face is completely in shadow. It's so I'm not sure what those in the skull cave are. Yeah. <laughs> nah, look, I, and then I like how he's snuck that little third little panel of like, you know, so you're going away, which is, you know, like the nice ending, which is what they do in movies and stuff like that. So he's done that quite well as well. Um, and I'm sure we've all been there where the, the wife is still talking and you go, mm-hmm, 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 and then you just give up and just go to sleep and she's still talking. <laughs> Do you remember the stories? Oh, Steve? yeah, I remember. And as you were flicking through it, I 
oh yes i remember this because when you first said um uh with what's her face sahara oh is this no we've already had the rescue um mm. you know, comic that no this is that other one i was completely yeah, forgot. but um as you were going through it and discussing it and you're flicking through all the panels and there was a couple of panels there and i was just gone oh no you know, we could talk about all this great stuff that that Tony and, and Mike have been been doing, but when you've got the fan drinking red wine, it's a uh, it's a no. That's a no deal. That that's uh uh-uh. uh. You're talking about yeah. before. You know, uh, yes, of course, you can't have a glass of milk with that with that nice dinner. Have a glass of water. Yeah, I, I must Not admit, I'm red. I'm with I'm with you on that one. Um, that the fan should only should you know. Not drink wine, even when he's just with his wife. No, he's a teetotaler. Yeah, he's your tough, your tough crowd. Yes. Yeah, so next one is then tame, then tame, then came Towns Ellaby, which does so, follow directly on. Like this is the very next story, but it has nothing to do with that that, that other continuity. So for those who have come in late, this is kind of like the sequel to the Mexican stories, which. Have been published quite a while ago, and Shatke has recently published as well. Yeah, the, the wrestling ones, the Lucha Libre stories. Yeah, yeah, exactly. They're named in here somewhere. On the twenty eighth of what's that? October. Yeah, a dente with crime and the den of tigers and Mexico's phantom. I think they were released in Shatke three, four, and five. I know we have a lot of uh, Indian listeners as well so this is actually the sequel to those yeah do you do you remember this story have you read this story or oh i read it but it was back in the paper once again two years ago yeah i did too and as i said i got about halfway through it tonight before it was time to turn on and uh jump in the meeting so um look i i, I wasn't super enamored with this story to be honest, um, I was. I'm looking forward to reading it properly in the book because I, I do find, and I'll say this the same every time a newspaper strip gets published in comic book form. I do enjoy reading them in, in the book form more than the strip daily sort of thing. Mm. So um, I, I'll reserve judgment, but I remember at the time not being super fast, not necessarily able to follow it because sometimes you jump in every two, second or third day and it gets away from you. Um, anyway, I, yeah. I'm not sure if this is right or whether this is a colorist issue or, or, or whatever, but we've got here a remote border crossing into fascist Rodia. So in the newspaper stories, Rodia is still fascist, which is racism. You know, coloreds aren't really given power and stuff like that. And then here we've got a colored, a colored um, soldier, you know, carrying an AK who's actually an official Rhodian soldier and all that. So I I will admit my, my history is not the best, but I wonder whether that is actually should be a coloured man or whether it should have been actually a, a white man. Fascist doesn't necessarily equal racist. It, it often has. But Rhodia is racist, like, you know, like all the... Um, it, it's, it's basically South Africa. That's where it was designed from. Is so you know. Look, I, but don't say South African now. Let's say yeah, apart, no, apartheid, apartheid era. South so, yeah, apartheid era South Africa. That's when Rhodey was first. Now, look, you guys may know a little bit more about that than me. But were coloureds allowed to be soldiers in in apartheid South Africa? I'm not clear. 
I, I actually taught South African history for a period of time 20 years ago and I don't I don't recall that but it certainly wouldn't necessarily surprise because the the South Africans differentiated uh, like colors were different to blacks um yeah. and there was you know there was lots of different um, levels they were all both different to Asians and all treated differently so it wouldn't surprise me if coloreds for, for in South Africa apartheid era had been allowed to be police officers particularly in black communities um but anyway I'm, I'm, I'm speaking yeah. um, with a loose knowledge and I'm sure there's plenty of people listening who I don't know how many but what, what's our South African audience share is, is exactly but uh I'd be interested to know if it, particularly any uh yeah south african listeners who uh may be able to shed a bit more light on that i'd be interested to hear well if it's been happening for what what this is two still a year and a half ago 2020 mm. so two years ago and, and happening still today maybe there has been that change in the in the comics i must admit i didn't really enjoy this story either which is what you raised i don't know why i didn't enjoy it though I don't know whether I'd need to go back and read the the originals again. Um, yeah, that's what I'm going to plan to do: is read the read those um, those earlier Mexican ones yeah. and, then, and then read this. That was my idea. Yeah, might make more sense then. Hmm. Uh, it, I didn't. You don't, I didn't realize that Tony was such a, a wrestling fan. Uh, the Phantom here on an earlier panel, he's um, rotated the rings, so it looks like a. I wouldn't say it's a wedding, a wedding ring on because it's on the wrong finger. The, yeah. Yeah. So he doesn't have the mark the on the fascist. Yeah. So, and then he's got it there again. So, yeah, no, it's just a nice little hint there as well. Yeah. On the, I'm trying to find the exact page now. It'll be on page 63. Um, the date is the 17th of November. You actually see um, the Phantom turn his ring inside out to, uh, to avoid leaving a skull mark. And Dan, you're loving the cover. We're not going to ignore the cover, are we, Steve? <laughs> no, I thought, well, I was waiting for you to say that at the start when we first began all right. this, but then you just didn't. I thought, oh, righty. It looks like a pretty cool cover to me there, Dan. What can, what can you tell us about this cover? Who's it by? What's it got on it for those of them, for those people who aren't watching on YouTube? Yes. Um, it's a Giancarlo Caracuza um, image, and it's a, it's a Christmas uh themed picture which i love uh, we got phantom holding a santa sack with a uh a, no i'm not i'm gonna say not the skull not the skull he swears the oath on because that might be sacrilegious but he's got a little skull with a santa's hat on it does beg the question where he might have got another skull from and why he's carrying that around but um and surrounded by holly and the back cover's got holly all over it as well um so lovely, maybe, it's, uh, maybe it's saint nick from uh the phantom's vault <laughs> <laughs> Could well be. Is he? Is he in the league? The miss, of, from the uh, yeah, the vault of missing men. Vault of missing men. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, no, like, I I really like it, and um, it, Christmas cover seems to have become a thing I talk about. I don't know why how how that happened exactly, but um, having just written the the post about Christmas covers around the world and the history back in amongst them, I am excited to see because I think it's just a lovely, it's just another way to to know that the seasons come around again. And I hope, I say this every year, I'm sure, but I really hope it does mean that a few more of these find their way into um, Christmas presents and, and Santa stockings and that sort of thing around Australia um, because it just gives that Christmassy vibe to it. Exciting to see Dudley say that... Um, he he sees that being a tradition going forward, and the only reason it stopped for a couple of years is because the artists didn't get the memo, sort of thing. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, 
you know, have that big bold type now to make sure that they all get the memo. Yeah, that's so. I just wanted to raise a couple of questions, and we'll discuss this more in our best of twenty twenty two. I'm sure, but um, uh, there wasn't. There was only the one graphic novel from Fruit. Would have you liked to see some trade paperbacks and as as well? Or could you live with the one graphic novel? Or you know, and we've got some great stories. We've got some great comics and and, and stuff like that. But um, yeah, I would have liked to seen at least a trade paperback once a year as well. I think we've been spoiled a bit the last few years. Um, to be honest, like it, we don't have to go back very long before, but where it was comics and only comics, and no one even thought about a trade paperback or a graphic novel. Um, I agree, it would be nice. I think if they could be on. Um, it was interesting going back and doing the the survey because, spoilers, I don't start it from scratch every time. I go back and copy last year's and then change change the details for this year. And you can absolutely see a pattern in the way that the, the publication schedule runs um, in terms of obviously where the replica series sits, the, the annuals at the start, the Christmas specials at the end. But even, like, even there were some cover artists, so it was about three, I want to say two or three cover artists who had the same, like the 14th book of the year or the 17th book of the year. And there was trends in terms of where the sequel stories sit and where the, the trilogies oh. were placed and that sort of thing. So they're, they're absolutely, duh, there's a publication schedule at Prue, at, at Prue <laughs> surprise, surprise. Um, it would be lovely if they could fit a trade paperback into that as well. But oh. it's obviously, you know, it's a pretty busy schedule as it is. And we have got, when you know we've got an extraordinary selection of stories um from through this year and the innovations in terms of covers and um and, and the paper quality and all the rest of it what they're doing with the regular issues um as i say to be to be saying well where's my trade paperback feels a little bit like a <laughs> someone who's been spoiled for a few years <laughs> fair enough just what made me realize is is getting this issue here the filming the filming one is that i would love to get like a trade paperback, selected artists, you know, choose Bill Mang's best five and put it in a trade paperback or, you know. Um, we got pretty close to, uh, like, a filming when, well, a year or two ago with the triads. With the triads, yeah, yeah, yeah. I just, yeah, I just, yeah, look, you know, yeah, I'm being, you know, I'm, I'm being like a child and I want more and never You're a bit greedy, Dan, um, like Jim. You, we've but, we've um, been given all this sort of stuff, mate. Just Yeah, got to keep feeding the addiction. Uh, the other question I want to ask is... Um, Why to spend the money you might have spent on the graphic novel or the trade paperback? Yeah. The other question is, I want to spend the money anyway, so, for, you know, free models will take it off me. Um, do Fru need to publish the newspaper stories quicker? Um, and obviously one of the reasons we're asking that is because 2022 has seen some, well, a lot of Australian newspapers stop printing the phantom so do for a lot of and i could understand why jim shepherd used to do it like literally as soon as they finished it was in a free story and then uh dudley has been doing the christmas special and then occasionally he tinkles with one or two during the year um but he's been mainly keeping them for the christmas special with now the current story not being seen in newspapers can you know? Is it a good idea leaving it the one to two to two and a half years like we've seen here? No, it's got to be um, published more recent. It's got to be more regular. Yeah, um, it's got to like um, Jim Shepard 
um, to to get them in as, as soon as possible would be great. There's one problem though is when we've got you know like the current daily story which is going like forever. Yeah. Um, do the conundrum is do we wait till that story is completed, yes. or do we go part by part? So that's a conundrum no, think... that Dudley's got to um, yeah. sort out one way or the other. Um, mm. But on the whole, if it's in... like a if it's a standalone story, bang. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. I think whether they do it every time or to, to try and catch up the two and a half years, I, I like the idea of the Christmas special also being, you know, a gathering of the newspaper mm. issues of the year, but it should be of that year, you know. So they may need, maybe they need to do a 100-page special, a Christmas in July, so to speak, um, and and catch up um, a bit because you're right, two and a half years behind is um, is a long way. Um, but it is it is a challenge, and it's and it's a creative team that they're not commissioning either, and they can't set any sort of deadlines or tell them about story lengths or whatever. They get what they get, and it's a real challenge. I would have thought to try and balance that in uh, alongside expectation. Like this reunion story is is sort of you know it's great that we've got it. But in a sense, it's kind of stuck in the middle of two other stories. It's pretty meaningless in terms of the context of this one book. It would be much better published with the stories that it's relevant to. Um, but, but you know, when does this story arc end? Um, yeah. you, know, you talk about starting with Kit going to the Himalayas. Well, he's not back yet, so that arc isn't completed. So how long, at what point does Dudley pull the trigger and go, right, that's a book now? Um, it, it's a real challenge for him, I would have thought. Yeah, I'd say... Get them out as soon as you can. Like particularly now, you've got to play catch up. Like you said, the having the Christmas issue as the the newspaper issue has been a great tradition, but we're so far behind now between the newspaper stories being published to when we're actually reading in a comic book. So something needs to happen. They need to catch up. If they can get these stories out quicker, and then once the whole story arc is completely done, have the have the bigger you know hundred page or three hundred page issue whatever it's going to be to to yeah. catch up whether that's a, a trade pet back whether that's just a normal comic but extra thick that's up for yeah. um, well for what it's worth the 2013 was. christmas special um featured the sunday story that had finished in november of 2013 so that was um steve shepherd that was um, the publisher then but that was you know boom boom so they've fallen behind at some point for some reason um it would be nice to to catch up if we can Okay, so that's our, our full issues done. Um, well, done for the year, I guess. The the next one will be at the start of the year. It should be uh, the annual. No, we'll there's usually one before the annual. Oh, okay, yeah, so we'll review what, another one and then the annual. Yeah. In our January. Um, the New Year's special is, uh, yeah, Pirates in the Abbey. There we go. In the Abbey, is that a, um, what's her name? Don't know. It looks a bit like Giancarlo Kiro, Giancarlo's art again, doesn't it? Yeah, um, it is. For those who are on YouTube and haven't seen it again, prior to in the Abbey, fifth yeah, of January, so, Giancarlo's yeah, just, in colour. Yeah, I'm just showing the, the bottom of the the message from the publisher page, and it gives a panel of the the upcoming story. And yeah, I reckon it's a well, it certainly says it's in colour, and I reckon it's a Giancarlo mm. artwork. Yeah, I've just had a little bit extra ink left over from the um from the Christmas from the special. Christmas special. <laughs> <laughs> Put in for the next one. Um, we're still looking for a Mythos comic reviewer from Brazil or surrounding places. Today we have the final issues of the year from Phantomen. So thank you for all who have provided reviews for us from around the world. You guys absolutely rock. We, you know, we need you guys. So thank you very much. Our engine reviews for Regal 26 and Shakti 6 will be up on our website and YouTube channel 
after this podcast comes out. So we'll hand over to Mikhail now with his reviews on Phantomen. Thanks, Mikhail. Welcome back for another Phantomen review with me, Mikael. This time it is the last issue of 2022, issue 2526. It's a thick one. The cover is depicting Julie, made by Henrik Solström. It actually got a bit of publicity here in Sweden when a politician wrote a tweet uh, where she had mistaken Julie for for the Phantom being a transvestite. Uh, so, yeah, not she didn't read through the comic book, that's for sure. So, on the editorial page, Andreas goes through the the year and uh, we did indeed publish a new four Phantomen story in each issue and that was the plan for the year so that's great and then there's some information about Achilles Wiggen Kickstarter that ended a few weeks back cool so the main story the ghost canoe takes place in New Zealand it's written by David Bishop and art by Kari Leppinen and uh, it features Julie. She's going to to these white terraces as part of her medical studies. And there's some some bad guys that will try to do bad stuff. And at the same time, there is a volcano eruption and uh, yeah, a lot of action. Then we have. Uh, I will skip a bit to used the order that was on the front page so there are two Team Phantomen uh, reprints it is let's go even back even further so it is Lord of the Jungle written by Shell T. Johnson and Klaus Remerti and art by Heiner Bade and for me it's a bit of a modern classic it was First uh, published in Phantom 4, 1999, and it has been published in Fru issue 1225. Uh, it's, uh, I mean, Phantom and the, the Phantom and Tarzan has often get lumped together as jungle heroes, and it's fun twist according to this that uh, the Phantom is the inspiration for t- Tarzan. So I think that's quite fun. The other Team Phantomen reprint is uh, Diana Married by Janne Lundström and Öskan Eralp. It's one of these early Team Phantomen that are not that deep in my opinion. And uh, the Phantom gets a note saying that she got married. This is before they got married. So, I mean, Diana and Phantom. So, that Diana would marry someone else comes as a shock. So she, he goes out and try to find her and uh, yeah, basically get uh, fooled by this imposter that she's Diana, which seems a bit of a stretch. I think uh, I'm quite certain that Falk have made a story that is basically the same story but told a bit different. Except for that we have this Carl Schempe adventure. I love Carl Schempe and it's fun to see another one of these in Phantomen. And uh, it's called The Price of Innocence and uh, it's about this princess that makes a deal with a witch and Carl needs to save the innocent from the other one. And uh, other than that we have some previews. 
next the first issue of 2023 will be out in 2022 in December close though but so it has the newspaper story uh, Croco Island West I think it's called and uh, the first time the Phantom meets Saverna that will be nice and then there is another Team Phantom and reprint, it's uh, The Slavers by Janne Lundström and Öskan Eralp. And we also get a poster as we usually do the first issue of the year. Then we get some more previews that are spanning the whole year of 2023. It's about the side comics, we will see Thorgal, Karl Kempe, Undertaker, Libertalia that we have all seen earlier in Phantomen and we will also see this Lavenin that I that we haven't seen. So that's great. See you next time and happy Phantom. Thank you, Mikhail. Radio. Now before we handball over to Mikhail, we were talking about the the current uh, well we we're talking about Sundays and dailies being published in the in the comic. Well at the moment they're still being um, published in newspapers if you're lucky enough to find a newspaper close to to you that has them or you can go to comics kingdom they have them as well the sunday story is return of the temple of the gods um as we know these stories started in the newspaper then it's been gone to team phantom and now they're back again in the newspaper um i think jeremy did a big old video on this didn't you so if you're coming late to this story uh maybe watch the video and kind of get up to up to speed it's yeah, been pretty I'm quick just... in between, so we've got got the mm. lion. I'm calling her the lion girl in my head, or lion lion woman in my in my head. Is is it from Shira? Shira, the new cartoon series. One of the um girls, half cat, saying she kind of looks a bit like that. I love oh. this here of devil and her growling at each other. Yeah, I remember that in the, in uh, messages you were you were, mm. you enjoyed that one. Um, so finally come in contact with one of these um people, or say people, or Creatures is probably not the right word, but well, they've been called beast people. I think people's nice and beast people. people. Yeah, yeah. I'm wondering where they come from because she looks well, very human. She's wearing very much human clothes. Mm. To me, that doesn't sound like one of these. Has um, it has a, has a, a cleaned gun that she knows how to use? And yeah, um, yeah. Hmm. there's been some sort of. I reckon she was human at one stage, and she's been mixed up with the with the creatures and um there's some sort of cross between mm. the two i don't know what's happened well in some of the previous stories they do they have escaped from here and mingled with society and that's where the stories of the monster stories like the vampires uh werewolves and all that have come from from this temple of the gods um, in one of the Team Phantom in stories, there was a, a little girl that could only survive living, drinking blood, and she uh, settled in uh, a place called Transylvania. Villagers tried to torture her to death. You know, read into that as what you will. There's also another story um, where it was a wolf-like creature that would howl at the moon. Mm. Um, I don't. Yeah, she must have. I don't know. She must be coming back, or she must be guarding, or. But yeah, I, I, I don't know. I really don't know where this is heading. It's interesting. We know that Jeff Weigel doesn't do very much by accident. I think her clothes are like riding clothes. If you go back to two forward from here, Jim, I think it was the eighteenth 
maybe of December. You're talking about this um, one here. The this panel here, you've got the little buffy little side things. Yeah, yeah correct. So those, those look like jod purple to me. Um, and she's got riding boots on, even the, the kerchief around the neck, uh, the vest, it's all it's all a bit riding. Um, so I don't know, that that might be... I might be over-reading that, but I'm, I'm trying to get every little clue I can at the moment. Yeah. Well, it, it threw me at the start because, um, you know, a couple of weeks before this, when she first comes out, I thought it was Diana again. Or I thought, you know, like it really threw me. She's dressed, you know, quite similar to Diana. Mm. Mm. Yeah, uh, I, well, I don't see. know where this is going. It's I'm intrigued. I didn't enjoy this series originally. I'm not saying that I'm enjoying it, but I'm intrigued. I'm still on the fence when it comes to it, but I'm intrigued of where this is going. I have no idea where Tony's going to take us on this ride. It's certainly been a very interesting setup so far. So, yeah, yeah it'll be see what the payoff is. Hmm. Hmm. Okay. And the daily, we are continuing on with the breakout. Um, so, for those who came in late, we've had Moz, who's given his um, prophecy. And now we've got the Phantom actually going out and uh, trying to rescue Savannah. Well, in today's, I think she's broken. Bro he's broken her out of the jail cell and trying to make a run for it. And things here were very, very similar to what we uh, saw yeah. in the um, in the in Moz's tale a year um, and a half ago, about seventeen, eighteen months ago. Yeah, um, I didn't go back to double check to see you know if everything's or you know how how well everything lines up but i don't remember this part you know when he's all the other prisoners talking yeah. i didn't remember close. that either but it is there is it all oh, right yeah because i yeah you're right i didn't remember it as i thought oh okay the butterfly effects taken in into effect here but i was uh corrected on comments kingdom nicely may i uh, may i add that did, um did you go back and look at it? yeah yeah and then i went back and look at it so what i'll do so this is the 12th of the 7th while he's getting that up, because what, what cued me was um someone said that they were a teacher. I thought, I don't remember reading that. It was a teacher in prison. Um, so, so this panel it here. It was a teacher. A teacher. A teacher is in one of the jail cells. I only copied, I only downloaded this one, but this is from 2021 of 8th of May. May's? Yeah, uh, May's that's the 5th of August in America. Yeah. Is it? Yeah, yeah, back to yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. So, 5th of August, you've got where that panel there, the middle one. You know, don't, Mr. She's a killer, don't take, you know, killer, take me. And then, then this one says, I'm, I'm innocent as well. So, there are some similarities. I've got, um, so this one was one that we talked about last time with, with the truckies, the helpful truckies. Um, that one's very similar. Now, this is actually a little bit of a difference, which I've found is the he's opened the cell by now in the current and given the gun to uh, Savannah, and he doesn't have the extra, um, he doesn't have the shoulder, the, the extra gun belt. He does have the Indiana Jones satchel, um, but he doesn't have the thing across his shoulder, this one here. Gee, one, oh, yeah. So he doesn't have that. Again, I don't think they're doing that by accident. This is, this is a really good, for podcast listeners, this is a really good example of why you should be on YouTube right now. Yeah. Between 18 months worth of panels and looking at the uh, the difference between what we saw this month versus what we saw, uh, yeah, in August of 2020, 
one. So all right. So I've found it here. So this is. I think, a, I think this this strikes me as being Chronicle Chamber Post uh, germ. So you can see these panels side by side. Yeah, or maybe even a YouTube channel or something as well. So this was. This is the one that's just happened recently in December as well. So as you can see there, he's got the strap or he's got the shoulder bag and devil's there. Um, but 18 months ago or a year and a half ago, he doesn't have, he's got the extra ammo clip and um, devil's not there. Yeah. So look, there's, there's a few little changes that we are beginning to see. So uh, I guess how yeah, they all play out. Yeah. So so far, the differences that I've been able to spot is he's got devil with him. He's visited the veterinarian first. He's asked Savannah to leave him behind. Where in the original, he asked Savannah if she's given up on her thirst for revenge. And then the other one is that he hasn't got his extra ammo shoulder strap. And he's just got the Indiana Jones satchel. I think with both those questions too, Savannah lies. Oh, of course. Yeah. I do think it needs to be addressed, the, the differences, put the panels alongside each other. But I don't know whether to do it now or to wait until the end of the of the yeah, story. Right. So it'll um, be a wait. Yeah. <laughs> so I think I think yeah, I think we might exactly. wait on that one. It's exactly the conundrum Dudley has as to when to publish it. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, We're just a few blokes talking about it. We yeah. <laughs> right, um, yeah. Yeah. But no, look, the story's progressing. I'm enjoying going back from the old, reading it with the new and like seeing what's been changed and what's not. Now, I know not everyone can do that, but, um, uh, you know, it's, I find that enjoyable, and I reckon this will be really good being published together, where you can then yeah. flip back. Oh, this has to be a big, big issue. Oh, yeah. you would absolutely put a, a post-it note at the start of the book where it was happening the first time, and a post-it note at the back, <laughs> so you can flip from page to page and, and really see the differences. You only need to buy a couple couple of issues, aren't you? <laughs> oh, you can absolutely. put post-it notes. On yeah, flip them at the same time. <laughs> okay, very good. I wonder if she they'll escape. Grave lines by Christmas. Ah, oh, uh, no. <laughs> okay. It's only six days out as we record this. So yeah. I'd be surprised. <laughs> On to the news. Christmas, what, 2022 or 2023? <laughs> It'll be in uh, the Christmas, Christmas special 2025. We know that. Yeah. <laughs> we'll get it. Oh, no, we won't. We'll get that early. All right. Stephen's okay. pushing to get onto the news. I am. I just looked up and saw what the time is. <laughs> it's just because <laughs> they have a midnight here, so let's move on. Yeah. Um, so news, unfortunately, the Kickstarter campaign did not reach its target. Um, that's unfortunate. Uh, that, that was for the, the well, Phantoms. Well, not Phantoms. Well, the, the map and all the... The little, map and the little miniatures, yeah. yeah. little miniatures. The Phantom Bible has... Well, that's been getting a little bit of commentary on it um, <laughs> through fans, through creators. Um, for those of you who are wondering what the heck they're all talking about, you can check out our, was it our last episode, our last podcast, episode yep. 237. And also go to, is it www.phantombible.com? Yep, phantombible.com, nice and easy. I had nice, one person nice ask me today, like, should it be renamed, you know, Phantom Creator Bible or... 
you know, Phantom Bible for creators or something like that. It's oh, an interesting point. And then I had another person give me a nice long uh, Ivan uh, gave me not our friend Ivan. Not from, Ivan, another um, Ivan. Yeah, I, I, I saw Norway. this message. Well, held us to account why we chose the Team Phantom in origin of the Skull Ring and not the Leaf Fork one. So um, it was a good question. He's raised raised some good valid points. Uh, Harmony on Facebook has raised um, a couple of good points as well um, and questions as well to do with the the Phantom with the walls. Is you know we talked about it with Duncan about not having the the twenty first Phantom in the Second World War, even though that contradicts what Leaf Fork has done. So look. It's definitely got some fans thinking. There's been one or two that have been a little bit overly negative for the sake of being negative. It's not going to have all the complete answers. There's going to be some mistakes in there and there's going to be some bits where we're not going to be able to solve it. But one fan wrote it quite well where he said, it's going to stop future contradictions and future problems being arised. And that's what the aim of that is. So I thought he he, listened, he did that quite well. Mm. I think that's a really good point. And I know that um, there's certainly one of the negative comments that I read that um, that had a grain of um, something that I thought we could take away with it. And and at the end of the day, like um, that, uh, this has been put together for creators to exactly like you said to try and avoid future, um, can you know, to extend the the gaps and stuff like that to avoid future differences. But at the end of the day, like the Bible, there's a book according to Lee Fork. There's the book according to Tony Fort Paul. There's the book according to Gospel according to um, Clayton Matthew. Of course, these things happen. They tell basically the same story from different perspectives. Some of them saw things that others didn't, etc., oh, etc. Et um, but to try and find the the happy middle ground i think that um as a resource for creators you couldn't ask for something better to go well this is the vibe and i'll take away from it the the, the, the yeah. main points which you know is what most people should be doing with the actual bible too rather than <laughs> going on a limb here but none of it should be written uh, to be read as if it's verbatim and um you know you should take it as as the the sole truth but um anyway we won't get into that discussion. That's another podcast that we can start later on if you want, Dan. But uh, we'll stick to the fandom on this one, I think. Fair. Well, you were the one who called it a Bible. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, okay. Moving on from Bibles to diaries and calendars. Now, Dan actually has this. He's got it in his hot little... Have, do you have it, Jim? I made the mistake of giving it to my wife as a hint. For Christmas, so I'm I'm hoping You're hoping it's under the tree. <laughs> I'm hoping it's under the tree. You didn't actually, it's not like you ordered it and then handed it, like given to <laughs> make sure this is yeah, under the tree. Well, no, because no, I had I, I had some other things that, that I purchased. So I think that might be the way to do it: is get it addressed to you and say, "Oh, oh, I accidentally opened this. This is supposed to be my present for the uh, <laughs> for the for under the tree." But um, look. And looking at the looking at them now, Dan, and I know where I'm looking at them half a world away over Zoom. They actually look better than what they did on the computer with what the scans that we got from uh, Mallon. So you're looking pretty happy there, Dan. <laughs> no, 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 cover the face. <laughs> Look, the artwork from Jeremy McPherson has has come up an absolute treat, and I mm. just love. That they're not the same, that they're called, yeah. but they're, mm. they're, they're, again, perspective. They're, 
it's almost like photos taken 30 seconds apart or five seconds apart from different angles. You know, you, you've got the Phantom on the street um, on watch and Devil's by his side. I think it's, um, I think it's, it's almost really like comic cool. panels. Sorry? It's almost like a comic panel. So you've got the sequence. Yeah, yeah it, um, it is. Hmm. Yeah. Um, and, and, and just beautiful work from Jeremy. Um, just the, to focus on the Dory, oh, and I've done a review of both, recorded a review of both of these tonight, so hopefully they'll be up on YouTube very shortly. Perhaps by the time you, you hear this, um, you'll be able to go to YouTube. Certainly before Christmas, it'll be, be visible there. Um, Put the pressure on. Just, sorry? <laughs> Put the pressure on. <laughs> I could even put that one up. Um, yeah, just in terms of the internal contents, it's probably much the same as what we've seen from... Um, from Malin over the last little while, you've got the left hand side is a is a comic cover, and the right hand side is your actually actual diary, so to speak. Um, so so nothing groundbreaking as such there. But what I really like is there's a lot more, there's a lot newer um, through covers, um, including that was nice, the, just as you were flicking that, yeah, yeah, yeah like... the golden one, which I think was a, a really nice one to include. And when they did the, and I've mentioned this in the review, of course, but when they um, did the vultures it's not just part one but it is also part two and part three so the oh, three nice. consecutive vultures covers were were there as you go through january so no and a fair bit of thought's been put in the the christmas special is on christmas day um there's there's egyptian covers there's uh danish covers um it's not all just through so yeah it, it's a it's a well put together book, and and clearly Fru has has done has had some level of support because where are we? So there's the bit of biographical information about Jeremy McPherson as well. Oh, that's uh, nice. And talking about his limited edition print, and then a couple of Fru ads in it as well, which I don't think we've seen before in a melon. So yeah, look, it's a it's a it's a good quality book. Um, it would be very usable as a as a diary for just your appointments and that sort of thing, not so much your journaling as such. Uh, of course, this is not going to get written in by myself. That's <laughs> my, my collecting one. Um, I guess the the price point is the is the challenge with it. It's fifty dollars. Um, you know, so it's a it, it's it's not a cheap diary. Um, anyway, want to be good quality at that price. Yeah, yeah. it is, and it, it is a good quality book. Nice and thick. Um, nice and thick. Of course, the calendar. The calendar. Um, I won't. I won't go through and show every month because on the back, um, you can see you can see them all there. And I know the lights playing with it a little bit there, but you can see the the months that are there. Do you notice a trend? Uh yeah, all in his trench coat, all Mister Walker guys. All in Mister Walker guys. So every month is is Mister Walker. There's a few where he's obviously um, come, but the fan bursting out of it or changing into it. But it's a Mister mm. Walker themed calendar, which I didn't realise until today when I opened it. Which I think you know matches close with that. Yeah, that really, really for me that seeing that back cover where they've done that that gives me a little bit more of a joy that it's you know that it's actually worth doing because there's that thought that's with it and and the yeah. care and it's not just something slapped together it's like hang on let's do a mr walker theme theme so, exactly right. yeah so, i like that pricey 40 bucks um but it, as it, it's it's even though it's smaller size i think it might be my favorite melon calendar that's come out of recent times yeah okay well and so they're only available to order from melon like uh from order form yeah you can't get them you... from those calendar pop-up shops that, that pop up in no, the... No, um, you can't, unfortunately, and that's just the economy that's 
that's that for Mellon. It's it's just not um, price effective for for them to put them in those stores, unfortunately, or in news agents. So you need to email info at mallon.net.au to to get an order form, express interest in those. Um, I believe that there will be a number of them available on the free website as well. But um, if you go there and the free website's sold out, um, then still um, email Mallon because I wouldn't be surprised if um, uh, not all of them have gone to free, so to speak. So. Mm. And there was a poster awesome. that came with it too, Dan. Uh, well, there's a, a limited edition print um, yep. of the of the diary cover. The, this is called The Watcher is the name of the, the piece by Jeremy McPherson. And there's a, a limited run of 100 of those. Um and I'm not going to talk about what the price of those was, but based on the price of the twenty diary, bucks, wasn't it? I've told my wife it was twenty dollars. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Okie dokie. Um, moving on for more Christmas presents this year, we've got the Perth Mint Phantom coin. Now I've been hoping that to you know how you go into Australia Post and they've got coins and that sort of stuff. Mm. I've been popping to Australia Post a couple of times this past fortnight. No fan. I found ACDC coins. I found a few other things. Nothing for the Phantom. Either. So I'm a little bit yeah. disappointed. Has yeah. any, any of you guys got this yet? Yeah, I've got mine. Um, well, you just had to go down is. the road down to the mint, didn't you? It's just yeah, in the corner. I didn't, but um, I don't even know where mine is, to be honest. Um, yeah, look, I don't know where mine is, but no, I did get it. Um, look, it's, it's nice. What I found interesting was that it was not actually an Australian coin. It was uh, one of the Tuvalu. island Pacific Nation islands. Eagle Tender in Tuvalu. Tuvalu. Yeah. I've never even I don't know where that, that is. Place. I believe we'll be going to do a review of that coming out as well. Uh, what I found the most interesting was the fact that it used the new KFS style guide. I'm not completely sold on the style guide. Um, and this is like the first product that we've seen this new style guide. So I'm intrigued by what fans think of the style guide after we've seen it on a, on a product. I, I have got the coin, but I haven't got it yet because a bit like you, Jim, it's a it's a Christmas present for me. I know it is because it's arrived and I've seen the box, but I handed the box straight to my wife and I get to open it on Christmas Day. So This is what you're giving me. <laughs> <laughs> like it, was, it was more, look, if the kids say, hey, we should get Dad something phantom, here's something you could give me. So, yeah. <laughs> so uh, I, I do look forward to opening it, but I, I have the same fears as what Germ does actually, because I'm not, um, I'm not convinced by the, the style guide. And I didn't actually, it's for me, it was one of those things that the, the compulsive completest collector in me purchased rather than someone who looked at it and thought, Oh, there's going to be a, a nice thing that I want to have on my shelf. So uh, we'll see, we'll see how that goes. And this was a point raised by, I think it was Anthony, Anthony Gillies, is that Style Guide works for the younger audience, which is good, and I congratulate them. But I'm not sure if a collector coin is the right target audience for, for the younger audience, where I think mugs or shirts or something. Um, don't sell a collector coin short. My, both my kids have actually got into it. Into really? the, yeah, they, you know, coins from different countries, coins that are, you know, have got some sort of little uh, production fault in them, you know, like an, like an Australian coin. Apparently, there's $2 coins that, you know, got certain marks on them and they're, you know, worth a bit more than 2 bucks. But, yeah, my kids have got right into it. Because these, are, these aren't your average $2 coins and stuff yeah, like yeah. These are like collector 
mm. ones, which are so they haven't reached really that stage people. yet. Yeah, um, but I can see the interest uh, building okay. already. Yeah. So, All right. Yeah. Well, hopefully I'm wrong. This will tick yeah. a box from Steve because they come from Tuvalu, which I've well, discovered is halfway between Australia and Hawaii. Well, there you go. You think in the middle of nowhere? It's too you get, You're not going to have to go there to spend your 20-cent phantom coin. That costs you. more Pacific. We're going from the coin. Now, this is the next one that I'm I'm really excited about this, seeing the um, the images that are coming through here. This is Boss Fight Studio Wave 2.0 release. Um, mm. We've got the... Oh, I'm going off the top of my head, but I want to say the 11th Phantom, or am I right there? Yes, the 11th Phantom. 11th Phantom, he's come out and he is more unique. Well, unique is separated from the other types of Phantoms by the way his, his boots are, his, his weapons and, and what have you. But what's also what I'm really happy about, I don't know if you can be happy about pirates, but there's going to be a couple of, well, there's a Sing Pirate that you can modify and change up. So mm. I'll, I will probably be buying two of the Sing Pirates so I can change them up and they can have battles and that sort of stuff. So I'll put on the screen. You can see them now. You've got the uh, the 11th Phantom there with his, is that a flint um, pistol? Whoops, page not found. Um, yeah. And his, yeah. and his turnover boots. His cutlass. There we go. There he is. Um, worth noting and that he's in traditional garb, not any... Oh, actually, loose what's things. that on the back? He's got the seams showing. He's got the little. Um, he's Maybe. got the little um, thing at the back, like a as bandana well. at the back. Yeah, like Ooh. so. It kind of looks like it's pulled up like a uh, a man bun or a ponytail type of thing. Um, <laughs> Jeez, I love the detail on these. Yeah. Like this, we've zoomed right in on a thing that's ten centimeters tall. Look at the the detail on that flintlock gun. Oh, you can tell that's the skull ring. Like I love mm. how intricate these are um the cutlasses come out before with the other figures particularly the julie but what i like about this look at the, look at his belt he's got a um a, a holster if you like for the cutlass not just the the check gun on one the, and then check the sword as well there's a little skull, skull imprint on near the uh hilt yeah, of wow. the sword. crazy isn't it yeah and you can see the oh, they've got laces the, the laces, laces you can see the 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 leather Imp like the imprint on the yeah yeah that is a fantastic looking little toy little action figure mm. oh i'm with you steve i can't wait to add this to the to the diorama and yeah. two two you might need four pirates really because the, the 11th phantom could easily take on four pirates well so, we've got, well how many other phantoms we got now you need they need somebody to fight like mine have kind of set up they're reading books and just posing a little bit now they're going to have people well, you've got five. Already. You're saying that the Phantom is a poser, Steve. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, no, you're right. This the fact is that the Phantom, these pirates are interchangeable, and I'm kind of flicking through them on YouTube. Um, that it's a great unique selling point because you know instead of the Phantom can actually fight different bad guys instead of fighting you know, uh, Attack of the Clones or something like that, you know, Phantom style or and Phantom Menace from, style. And, and what we know from Boss Fight, I think you might have said this in one of the chats, Steve, is that they sell the skeletons as well. Mm. Um, and yeah, there's, all one, of, yeah. there's all sorts of there's all sorts of different 
there's so many interchangeable boss fights. You can get um, other weapons that they could you could put there in their hands and all that sort of stuff. So um, adding a couple of pirates in the mix has really opened up some uh, some options. I think in terms of uh, creating creating little dioramas or whatever on your shelves. Posing yeah, them. so needed. Like I've been scouring the shops to try and find pirates for mm. you know for my phantoms to punch or something, and there's nothing. I couldn't cannot find anything. Um, so having these little fellas are going to be great. Now um, we can get some bigger action figures for the for our bigger phantoms. The um, what's that? Necker. Have you taken, have you taken yeah. your other ones out of the box yet, Jim? Your wave one and wave one and a half. Um, I've taken the wave ones because I brought two, or did I buy three of those? I can't remember. Um, I, they were originally for the girls, but the girls. Didn't like them, so now they're on my. They're on my, <laughs> they're on they're my shelf for the girls. Yeah. They're on my shelf where I work, and so every so often I bring them down and do a pose and move their <laughs> move their thing and stuff like that. Um, but yeah, you're right. Look, these pirates. It's it's a game changer. The, the fact that I really like it. It shows. It's yeah. It, it really because. All these type of figurines, like I, I know, like with the Garax one from the Defenders of the Earth, that's actually now the rarest one to find because no one originally brought Garax when you know they'll buy Ming because he's the main bad guy, but they never brought the Frozen Garax dude. And so this ensures that people will buy it. They'll, like you have said, you know, oh, I want to buy two so I can have two different two different bad guys, um, and and, and yeah, and yeah, it's it's a great idea. I really think they've hit on a winner there. Yeah. yeah. What's this next point here, Dan? What, uh, Jim? The oh, hang on. Well, first of all, we'll just we'll just say so. Look, there's no. So it's available for pre-order. This is wave oh, yeah, sorry, uh, two point over. Um, there's no official date. We would, at a guess, say that it will probably be around February, March, i.e., the first quarter of 2023, maybe April. But that's likely when it will be. You guys have pre-ordered in the past, haven't you? I've pre-ordered from Boss Fights. I did it with the first Wave 1.0. And look, you you can get it sooner. There's several comic book shops around Australia. There's Pop Culture. There's um, one in Mornington Peninsula, which I can't remember. Uh, I think your local comic book shop lists them as well, yeah. don't they, Dan? Kaboom Comics in Toowoomba, they get them in. Yep. So go, yeah, just go so and he'll make sure he puts it on the on the agenda for you. So yeah. So look, if you go to our website, we'll have a link in our um in our show notes. There's actually a place which lists all the Australian where you can do them, where you can buy them if you're from India or Sweden or Europe or or and stuff like that. Um, but I'm just been getting them from an Australian dealer because it works out basically the same price, yeah. and it means I support an Australian. Yeah. Yeah. Me too. For, for, for the first wave, I, I pre-ordered that one. Um, yeah. But when it came to 1.5, I didn't have the cash when the yeah. pre-orders came out, so I, I just was patient and mm. um, got them on special at Pop Culture, I think. I'll be intrigued on how many Phantoms they release. Like, the 11th is the fighting, you know, um, pirate one. Are they going to do, like, a, a, a number one, which is... You know, maybe they dress them up as like a knight. You know, when if the battle on Malta, Crusader, Phantom. You know, you know, like you remember that story. Yeah. So you've got that. You know, could you do 
you know, maybe a Mr. Walker one as well. So I'm well, intrigued. That, a Mr. Walker one would, would be great. I'm intrigued where they're going. We've got Hero. Are we going to get a Devil? You know, could we get a Redbeard? Or Jungle Patrol. Look, or, I think... Or a Jungle Patrol. And this is a conversation for a different podcast, and maybe it's a podcast in itself, but I think that um, they would be in the conversation for the best Phantom product of the last decade. Um, they are excellent, yeah. those, those little figures. Um, yeah. If you haven't got one already, um, yeah, do what you can to get one because they they're, they're great little toys. Mm. Yeah. Um, so now I'll go on to the next point. What's this <laughs> Boss Fight Studio PVC? What's, what's okay, that? Okay, so a while ago we talked about um, little mini PVC figurines that Boss Fight Oh, the blind bag things. That were in blind bags. So oh, they're now Why do they write blind bags on the on the show notes so we know? Blind bags just for Stephen. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Are they half the size? Were they going to be two inches tall? Five yeah, centimeters? two and a half inches. But they come in at a really cool... There was a picture on Facebook literally two minutes before we started this podcast. Um, so there's a really awesome box that they come in as well. So With Phantom Art on the box or no? Yeah, there's Phantom Art on the box. The question is, is now do you buy two? One to keep sealed and then one to open the box to be able to open the blind bags to be able to get all four phantoms. A box was 170 US, so that's probably about three, 250, 300 Australian. Not getting two boxes at that price. No. No, probably not. With the phantom range, you have a Mr. Walker, two phantoms, one in blue, one in purple, a Diana, and a devil. So it looks like there's also a Flash Gordon and a man. Yeah, there's Flash Gordon. So you got Flash Gordon, the Lion Man. You only have one Flash Gordon, Dale, Ming, and the Birdman, I guess you can say. There's 18 in each box. And if you um, buy a box, you're guaranteed to get 10, and then you're going to get eight doubles. So I guess the question is, is once you get all five Phantoms, do you stop there or do you open the others? in the hope that you get some doubles or phantoms. Well, I'd open them up just so I can get a Flash Gordon and Ming. Yeah. Look, I reckon, yeah. look they're going to be pricey. It's going to be about $300 to get the box and the set, but I think... And how many were in the box, Jim, did you just say? 18. 18. And 10 unique figures. Yeah. So what does that work out? Well, well there's $10 US a pop. I'd probably end up opening all 18, to be honest, trying to yeah. see how many I had of what I had and then what I could trade to... Probably get two sets of the Phantom figures. It'd be what I'd be after in the end. Yeah, I'm not sure. I'm not sure how many uh, Flash Gordon fans are out there that will want to trade, but it might might work. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But then, but then you might do that because they'll probably pop up on eBay, and you might be able to buy them individually. Say, if you're missing a Mister Walker, you might you'd be able to keep an eye on eBay, and you know there might be someone. Or you might have two blue or three blue Phantoms, and then someone might have three. Mr. Walkers and you can swap or go on eBay and someone's put them up there and, and stuff like that. Yeah, or Trader Joe's. So, yeah, look, it's exciting to see that. Um, I'm looking forward to it. Uh, we will do an unboxing video and then that will then go into the review of those as well. So that's how we will do that when we get them. To open all 18 of your characters in your unboxing video? Uh, well... <laughs> I never said that. One man. of us, one of us, one of us will do the video. Uh, whoever gets the stuff first can do the video. Okay. And uh, last point of news here: Peter David, 
um, has got a GoFundMe campaign. Now, I believe he's, he's in bad health at the moment. Is that correct? Yeah, so he's the writer for the DC miniseries, which we've recently seen with what Hermes has reprinted. And then also the first series of the comic book book series that Herms released as well, which was one drawn by Sal Valuto. He's had some health issues. Oh, that's the Forbidden um, City one or whatever. Yeah, the Forbidden City, that's it. As as we all know, <laughs> the American health system is not the best. So he's got many thousands worth of dollars of medical bills. Last time I checked, that had all been covered, plus some for change. Um, it's good to see a lot of a lot of comic creators, not just fandom fans, have gotten on board and, you know, thrown ten bucks, twenty bucks, a hundred bucks or, you know, whatever as a as a token of a thank you for the joy that he has brought to many comic fans over the last, you know, thirty, forty years. And so, um, yeah, it's 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 good to see that his medical bills are now being paid for. That's great news and we wish Peter all the best. Absolutely. Okay. Now our last little bit, it is our Christmas episode. It's our, you know, December podcast and so we've got a christmas theme here what is your christmas wish or christmas miracle what would you like to see dan if you had a christmas wish uh, assuming we, we're phantom related here not just yeah a- yeah phantom related <laughs> not we won't we won't worry about you know the the what is it the world piece that they do at uh, this <laughs> universe competitions but um purely from a, a selfish purple think- collection <laughs> I think mine is probably just as unattainable as world peace, to be honest. But you said a Christmas miracle, <laughs> so I would love to see the uh, the Phantom comic strip come back into the newspapers and oh. uh, and and, and uh, be published readily for everybody once again. Um, yeah, as I say, almost as unattainable as world peace. I suspect. <laughs> no, that's a good one. Yeah, uh, I, I can't top that one. I'd start reading the paper again. I haven't properly read the paper since the comics haven't been in it. Yeah. Well, maybe we should do an audio grab for that and send it to Mr. Murdoch. Um, <laughs> look, it's going to sound boring with all of us agreeing on the same one. So for me, we talked about it before. I would like to see Fruit do a trade paperback in 2023. Now, we've already heard this. There was a point here. Have you brought yourself a, a Phantom Christmas present? Well, we know that Dan's bought himself the coin. Jim, well, you didn't say um, it was going to be fair. <laughs> yeah, I'm hoping the wife has got my not-so-subtle hints and got me the Malin Diary. It's, it's, I'm trying to figure out whether it's worth the risk because if she buys it, it means I don't have to spend my phantom money on <laughs> this phantom thing. But then you run the risk of her not buying it, So, and then you got to buy it anyway. So, look, I've taken the gamble. It paid off with the coin. But in saying that, I have brought an original uh, Roth Golf's cover just recently, and so that's something for myself. Very good. Well, I haven't bought any. I haven't bought myself a Santa Christmas present, and I doubt yeah. that. Hey, do you, do you have a Christmas miracle or wish uh, up your sleeve? Uh, yeah, that. <laughs> yeah, I get either the coin or the. <laughs> there, that'd be great. <laughs> but I haven't. Uh, that'd have to be a miracle because I haven't dropped any hints. Yeah, you got to drop hints, people. Yeah, got to drop hints because they don't know if they don't know. Mm. No, you, you've, you've given me something to make sure I, I do re- ready for next year. I'll just keep a, a list out and just just have it, you know, sitting on my desk or maybe not yeah, on well, my desk. Just I just say, I just say, oh look, if you haven't brought me my Christmas present or, or birthday present, here's a couple of things. You know, Angie goes, "What do you want for Christmas?" I'm thinking, oh, 
I know what I want, but yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I feel weird asking. All you, all you say, you say, oh look. Pop culture has got a twenty percent sale on at the moment. I haven't, yeah. I haven't got the Phantom One Hero yet. Oh, I do actually. <laughs> so... oh, okay, but yeah, you know, well, I haven't got Wave Two Point yet. Well, if they came out in time for Christmas, that's exactly what I would have said. A Christmas themed story that'd be a nice thing to see. Yeah, this was something mm. that you and I talked a little bit about, Steve. Um, mm. And I was actually thinking about it with the back of the article that Dan wrote about Phantom and Christmas is there hasn't actually really been that much Phantom and Christmas. There's mm. been a bit recently. Do that. I've, I've, yeah, it just, it just sits in the back of my head. And, and every year, around about this time, I get this idea and I think, oh, that would work. And, and then the next year, I add a little bit more to it. I've, I, I should just write all this stuff down and just send, it off, and just send it off to Fru and see what they say. <laughs> you should. Um, yeah. I reckon. I reckon there's room for a Phantom Christmas theme story. Um, well, there is. Yeah. I've been thinking about the last five. Yeah, years. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And like the really only Christmas theme story we've got was probably where the the bad guy dressed up as Santa and started shooting people. See like, the feel good story that you might be after. Like it's no. Like, the story, but <laughs> like, even Die Hard is probably tamer than that one. Um, <laughs> But uh, it was, you know, and there's been a couple of stories uh, which you highlighted in there. There was another one, um, Sal Valuto did it, and then on the back, on the last three panels, you see people singing hymns and having Christmas presents and, and stuff like that. But that's really the only theme we've seen. So I reckon I reckon there's room for a, a Phantom Christmas theme story. Maybe that could be a wish that we wish for is that, we can get one of those for next year. And in that way, when Fru have caught up to date with all the newspaper stories and they're going, what are we going to fill our Christmas special with? They can fill it with, um, with a Christmas-themed story. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. So if you have any ideas, you know, maybe Christmas ideas, maybe you've got a Christmas wish yourselves or you've bought yourself a, a Phantom Christmas present to put underneath the tree, let us know. Um I'd love and, to see a phantom-themed decorated Christmas tree. Get yeah. the hanging marks all over it, and uh, <laughs> say all your, all your spells well, that you've got living in the backyard. They uh, did release um, Christmas tree ornaments. Uh, yeah, a year or two ago, yeah. Comic Kingdom has released them like for the last two years, but they're glass and they're like forty bucks each. Yeah. 40 bucks. 40, forty American dollars. Yeah, before. forty American before shipping. So it's about a hundred bucks for a yeah. little Ooh. glass. Yeah, I don't think I could say. I that. think the best way you can do it is just make gingerbread men, and then get purple icing, and make <laughs> your phantoms. There you go. There you go. So if you do do any phantom themed gingerbread men, we would love to see some photos or any type of phantom theme with your Christmas celebrations over the next uh, week or so. Oh, it'd be great to, to see. Share them on our socials. Yeah. Um, if you want to be notified of new articles, ensure you either follow us on social or sign up with your email address and you'll be emailed as soon as something new is posted on our website. You can subscribe to us via YouTube or through your favourite podcast apps, including iTunes or Spotify. In touch until the new year, which I think will be our best of 2022 after Christmas and New Year. And listeners, we've got one more podcast coming up. Um, but which will be after Christmas, so this will be the last time you hear us. So on behalf of, you know, from, from me, um, I'm sure the guys will give a shout-out as well, but Merry Christmas 
Merry Phantomy, stay safe, um, you know, enjoy your holidays. Exactly what Jim said. Merry Phantoming, everybody. I hope it's a, a cracker. Merry Phantoming, one and all. I hope you have a wonderful uh, break, wonderful Christmas and a fantastic new year. And looking forward to Australia rushing South Africa in the Boxing Day Test.